Hi, I'm Monse, and this is Musings of the Artist, a podcast where I have meaningful conversations with all kinds of artists, musicians, writers, painters, photographers, and other creatives share their honest stories, touching on the duality of being creative, the pure joy of making art, but also the particular struggles that come with it. And so this song is really meant to, um, you know, be a song for women um, and women, I kind of say with an, with an X, you know, like the idea that, um, you know, this can speak to the trans community, to LGBTQIA um, people, can speak to, you know, Latinas. I definitely want this to, to be a song that feels empowering um, and the idea that, like, we persist in times of trouble. Gina Chavez is a bilingual singer-songwriter based in Austin, Texas. In this wide-ranging conversation, we talk about her Latin roots, releasing music during the pandemic, breaking through the noise as an independent artist, learning how to step back from the comparison game, and self-giving love. She also speaks on her most recent song, Ella, which is about persisting in times of trouble, and her theme music on Brene Brown's new podcast. I love chatting with Gina, and I hope you enjoy listening. How I normally like to start the podcast is asking you sort of who you are beyond what you do. So we'll talk a lot about your music and the fact that you're a musician, but how would you describe who you are beyond what you do and how you move through the world? Hmm, That's a good question. Um, Let's see. So... I don't know. I definitely describe myself as a, um, like a goofy person when I'm at my best. <laughs> um, I would say that I am a, um, I'm a faithful person. You know, I do think that encompasses some of my, my Catholic faith, but also just my faith in humanity. I definitely tend to be, uh, you know, I guess an optimist or somebody that looks for the good in people, um, tends to, you know, see the best in people, even when there's tough situations. Um, what else? Um, I think I'm just now kind of realizing that I am a creative. It sounds silly because I'm a musician, but I think for the longest time, I, I didn't really identify with that phrase. Um, because sometimes I think creating for me feels like wrestling something out of myself instead of an expression, you know, and I think that's maybe a function of me fighting with it instead of going with it. You know what I mean? But realizing that that is within me and that if I don't create, I am, a you know, it's like stagnant water, right? And it becomes unhealthy. Yeah. <laughs> Like it's just so. something in you that you need to express, you need to do. Well, but the, see, that's the thing is I've never felt that way, but I think that, I think that is true, but I think I've, it's only, you know, in the past couple of years that I've seen that in myself that I'm like, oh, I am a creative. Like this is some, this is a part of me that has to get out. But before a couple, you know, maybe a year or two ago, I never really thought I was like that. So it's, I don't know. It's interesting. It is. It is interesting when we have these mo- moments in life when like, it, it's almost like this clarity, you know, where you were like, Oh wow. Like this is what's been going on all along. And I just needed to free this, you know? 
Right. Like, how did, yeah, I've had a lot of self-discovery <laughs> in the yeah, past few years. <laughs> that's insane. That's it's a it's a it's it's great. It's great when you have those moments. Um and speaking of which, uh I wanted to talk about your song Soy Kien Soy, which means I am who I am. Mm-hmm. And I really loved I, I I heard you talk a little bit about this before about writing that song. Um because you're half Mexican, but you grew up in the U.S. And I heard you say that you you just really wanted to feel like tap into more of your Latina roots. And um, and I, I really I love talking about this because I can relate in a lot of ways to this. Um, and, you know, I think it's so interesting when you feel sort of like a mix of cultures inside of you, like you're you don't identify as one culture, you know, or coming from one culture um, or there's a part of you that you weren't as exposed to, but you really feel it. Like you feel it inside and like you, you want that to be a bigger part of you. Um, and I just want to hear you talk about it a bit and like, yeah. So what, like what compelled you to write this song and, and, uh, whatever that meant to you. For sure. So <laughs> the funny part about this, um, song is that it actually came from a songwriting prompt. I was in a songwriting group and the the challenge for the week was to write a song in a style that you were uncomfortable with. And I had not written a song in Spanish in a really long time. And so, and I didn't grow up speaking Spanish. And so it's, it's not my native language. Um, I still am very much learning Spanish and feel like I always will be, um, you know, because when you don't grow up in a language, I, I think it's, you don't understand, you know, idiomatic phrases and jokes and like, you know, how to play with words and things like that, which is what we do as songwriters, as poets. And, um, you know, so I think there's a part of me that's always kind of like, I don't know, struggled with with Spanish. So I was like, okay, I'm going to write a song in Spanish. And then I also, I hate, or I used to hate bar chords on the guitar, Mm -hmm. which is where you have to like, put your index finger and your thumb together and you basically make, if people know what a capo is, you kind of like make a capo with your hands. And so uh-huh. you can like move up the neck. Anyway, it's just, it's difficult, especially if you're a younger guitar player, right. Or early on in your guitar playing. And so, um, I was like, okay, I'm going to write a song in Spanish with bar chords, only bar chords. <laughs> so that was the like challenge to myself. And I started off kind of with, the lyrics are very much like an, a lament. I'm kind of like whining, honestly. I'm like, oh, if only I'd been born in Argentina. Like, I wouldn't have to learn the rhythms of the chacarera. I would just know them. I wouldn't, if I had been born in Mexico, I wouldn't have to learn the language that my heart wants to speak. If I'd been born in Spain, I would, you know, just like, I would know the movements of, you know, of flamenco and like, and, you know, just the idea that when you grow up in a culture, you don't really have to learn the ways of the culture, you just inundated with them, you breathe them, you, you, you swallow them. And you know what I mean? I do. Yeah. You know, and so it's like certain, you grow up around certain rhythms and you don't have to, to question it. You grow up around a language and you don't, you know, you, even us, it's like, I'll go to English class and I'm like, Oh, I didn't know that was called a participle or whatever. <laughs> exactly. you know, like, yeah. who cares, right? You just know how to speak it. And so it's like, that's the song is me just being like, Oh, if only like just grown up around this stuff, then I wouldn't have to learn it. And then the chorus I would say is probably one of the few choruses that really just felt like I was writing down something that was being given to me. Like I was just the instrument. Right. And it just, you know, came out of nowhere and it says soy can soy, 
voy como el viento. Um, and it, you know, basically just says like, I am who I am. I go like the wind. Um, llámame y dame aliento. And that just means, you know, like call to me and give me breath. Mm. And I don't know. I don't, it's so funny because I think about that particular chorus and it's like the verses I very much wrote. Like I wrote the verses. I even kind of did some research on certain places to like know what I was talking about. And then the chorus just came through me. Mm. You know, it didn't, I didn't write it. It wrote itself, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so I, you know, I, it was a beautiful reminder, you know, that kind of like at, my best at our best we are instruments you know mm -hmm. um the you know and depending on what your beliefs are on you know a faith or a higher power the idea that you know when we act as an instrument of god or an act as you know something that that a holy that it, like a spirit can move through as opposed to having to come from us Mm -hmm. right like that I have to generate the genius you know I don't know if you've heard that um there's a great TED talk by Elizabeth Gilbert where yes. she talks about genius yes yes yes, yes. but that's kind of what you know it calls comes to mind for me is that I, idea yeah, I love that, that TED like, talk yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good where you're like oh we're not the genius the yeah. genius just you know joins us every now and then <laughs> totally 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 yeah. yeah that's great I love I I related so much to that song and I'm sure a lot of people can, you know, with the soy quien soy. And I um I grew up I spent my childhood in Spain and Barcelona and Oh awesome. then yeah, and then later um moved to the States. And I think about how um when I was when I moved to the States, um, at seven or eight, um, I I had this uh thick Spanish accent when I spoke in English and mm -hmm. now when I speak in Spanish I have a mild American accent <laughs> and it's how it flipped you know and um and there's I still have sadness about that a bit and I, I think mm. about that like when I and when I am in Spain I go every year and, and see my family there and um I feel I feel so connected to the culture in such a strong way um And, you know, but then there's other little ways that I feel more connected to my American culture. And right. there's some sadness in that for me, too, you know, where like I feel like I just, I don't know how to put it into words exactly. But um, but I guess what I'm trying to get at is that that feeling of like when I am in Spain and um, that I'm not fully, I'm not fully Spanish anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and even here, too, in the States, like I'm not fully American, Um I mean, there's beauty in it too. I, I, there's something about that that I love, but there's there's some kind of sadness too. Um, yeah. So so that that song really, a lot. I, I get a lot of that feeling, you know. Um, right. Kind of that yearning. Well, and I think for me, you know, when I talk about it from stage, you know, I definitely had this piece where I was like, you know, whining about not being born in Spain like yourself or something, yeah, and being yeah. like, ah, oh, you know. And then at the same time, realizing I'm like, wow. But I was born in the United States yeah. where, you know, I have so much freedom and privilege and I have right. a passport that essentially allows me to receive open arms in almost any country I step in. You know, I've I've traveled the world with the U.S. State Department um, and gone to countries that people will never, you know, probably even think of like Uzbekistan or, you know, Bahrain or, you know, like I've been to like really amazing wild places and And yeah, been received with open arms. And that's precisely because I was born on this soil. 
Totally. And that was through no fault of my own. And I have light skin and I was born speaking English to parents who love me and like all of these things that it's like, you know, there was also this part of me that while I was writing that chorus was definitely just being like, I'm very grateful for who I am. Totally. And instead of like whining about the things I don't have or the things that I'm not, let's use the things I do have, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you could very well have uh, grown up in the U.S. and then just ignored that feeling of, you know, the connection to your Latin American roots. And you didn't. You're exploring that and you're, you're uh, moving into it. And that's like, that's beautiful, you know, so sort of celebrate that. Yeah. Well, and actually what's funny. So I, so I've, um, I'm trying to, I'm like, I'm such a talker. I could like talk for, for so long. Um, like Gina, keep the story short. Um, but anyway, like I've never really felt very Latina, right? I've, I've always kind of felt like an imposter, right? Because of that, because I didn't grow up you know, with a lot of the experiences that somebody who maybe has darker skin or grew up in a different country or comes to America with, you know, um, I should say the United States who comes, you know, to our country with an accent or something. The idea that like, I, I haven't had those experiences, um, you know, and so like, how can I be a Latina kind of thing, you know? And at the same time, obviously there's, it's been interesting traveling even our own country and playing songs and, and, you know, I do this mix of English and Spanish and Mm -hmm. people come up to me after shows and they're like, Oh my God, like I didn't grow up speaking Spanish either, but like, I love this. And thank you for, you know, bringing a part of our culture. And, you know, the idea that there's so many people like myself that, that it was, you know, our culture was kind of stolen from us. You know, it was, it was beaten out of our parents and our grandparents. Mm And, and it's, you know, it's a beautiful thing that those roots are still within us, that they couldn't yank them out of the ground, you know, like we're still, it's still in our blood. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Um, and so then literally I am looking at Instagram one day and all of a sudden I see there's an artist painting a like 12 foot mural of my face. And I was like, what is happening? Where is this? What's going on? And so I like message him and he was like, oh yeah, I'm down on East Cesar Chavez street in in Austin. And I was just like, what can I, can I come see it? <laughs> and so this was literally right when it was like March 14th or something like that. It was just kind of during, before like a stay at home order had been issued in Austin and, um, Anyway, there are these artists from LA that are looking to spread the beauty of the Latino culture all over the Bible Belt. And so they started in Austin and somehow through like random people saying my name, I guess, like, I don't even know how this happened exactly, but (laughs) they like started looking into my story and he loved it. And so I literally have a 12 foot mural of my face (laughs) in East Austin as a representation of the Latino community. It's so cool. (laughs) And so I'm just sitting there like, okay, God, I get you. Okay. Like stop, stop questioning yourself and just go with it. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I think that's a nice little, oh uh, little spark. That's so cool. Oh, wild. I love it. Yeah. And I wonder, I, I love that you, you weave in Spanish and English, um, into a, say, a, say one song. I do that a lot in my writing. I'm not a, um, uh, I don't write music, but I write, um, uh, you know, I write essays and things and I, I, I will sometimes write words. It'll be an English piece, but I'll like weave in Spanish words when it feels like that's what is in mm-hmm. me to write, you know? So I, I really, I that's personally awesome. love listening to, to the mix, you know? Yeah, me too. And I know it's really exciting too right now because 
you know, when I started doing this, gosh, 20, I guess 2007, you know, it wasn't a thing. And I still think it's not quite a thing, you know, to have English and Spanish in the same song. But the fact that you have people like Beyonce and J Balvin and, you know, Luis Fonsi and Justin Bieber, like people at the top echelons of pop saying it's okay, you know, like doing that. It definitely, for me, I find that actually really great because it paves more of a path so that somebody, you know, you're hearing that wherever, you know, if you're shopping or whatever like you're hearing a mixed language song and you're not like what is this i don't get it you know and 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 so for me it's actually pretty exciting but um it's all it's always been hard to market for sure yeah yeah because people don't know where to put you right 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 like well what genre is this you know and (laughs) but then you say latin music in texas and they're like oh tejano and i'm like actually i don't play tejano (laughs) yep Yep. You just got to expand people's minds and like, <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, another thing I really love when I was, I was reading, you know, you're looking at your website and on your bio, which is so beautifully written and you are talking about, um, you're quoted about talking about some of your songs that you wrote in the past. And you said the story that it was a story of what it means to live your heart, no matter what the world says, um, which just grabbed me. And, can you talk a little bit about that and like what, what that's about, what that meant? Sure. Yeah. So my last EP was, uh, it's called light beam. It's all in English actually. Um, and it's really a collection of love songs and in all honesty, I was not, I've never been somebody who really connected to love songs. Like when I was a kid, I never understood love songs. I was like, these are cheesy, whatever, (laughs) you know? And I didn't realize, you know, that it was like until I was 24 that I fell hard, fell hard in love. And it was with a woman and it was, you know, again, being a cradle Catholic and, you know, uh, somebody who really loves their Catholic faith. It was devastating to me. You know, I fought it, tried to pray my own gay away in a lot of senses. And, you know, that was a whole journey for me. But, um, that album actually came out close to when my wife and I got married. And so we've been together for about 14 years at the time. It was about 12 and it was just songs. I think as we were coming up to our wedding that I was starting to kind of wrestle with all of these things, wrestling with faith, wrestling with, you know, like these two seemingly different parts of my heart, you know, being in love with my Catholic faith and being in love with my wife. And that the fact that those two can live in the same heart, they can live in the same experience, you know, and Anyway, and so I think Light Beam, I felt like in a lot of ways was me kind of shouting my love from the rooftops, you know, being like, and so cool that, you know, we actually have marriage equality in this country and in Texas, which I never thought would happen. (laughs) You know, we got to get married in Texas and, you know, just being able to kind of live with all of those realities and, and, you know, have that come out through music. Totally. It was so beautiful. So you had, you had, this is the first woman that you'd really fallen for is that right well <laughs> are you are you are you, know you really fell, fell. Is 2020 yeah yeah <laughs> totally. so you know jody really i would I definitely know. call her i mean she was my first love like she was the first one i realized i was in love with let's say yeah. that and it's, it's so, so much, much so that i mean it was like trying to stop a train um, you know falling like, like trying to love 
the boyfriends that I'd had before her was like trying to start a train, uh-huh, which is uh-huh. really hard. But trying not to love her was like trying to stop one, and that was impossible. Oh, you know. Oh, that makes and, me like, gives me goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but then when I look back on my life, I'm like, oh my god, I was so in love with her. I just didn't know it. You know, wow. like these all these other people like throughout my life, but I, it never was sexual for me, and so I didn't. Yeah, I didn't key in that it was being in love. I was just like always wanted to be around this girl or like, uh-huh. I wrote her poems or like, you know what I mean? Totally. Oh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> and, then like, and then I'm like, Oh no, I was definitely in love a lot of other times. <laughs> that, I, I love, I love this though, that you like, when you describe that you just like felt something that you had never felt before that it's like, wow, like this is like, I'm head over heels crazy for this person. And mm, um, I mean, it was, was, yeah. Like I, yeah <laughs> I, I love it I love it it's, it's oh, yeah. beautiful I had this I had this um I I've never been like crazy in love before which I know I will be one day and I can't wait for that but um I'm 37 and I haven't had that real feeling yet you know like you described um mm-hmm. but the other night this is like getting personal but I'll just say it, the other night I had this dream and um it was just like random guy that like you know like, I thought was cute like and I didn't, I barely know him, but I, he was just a player in this dream, like a, like an actor. I don't think it had anything to do with him, but I had this dream and like, I felt, I felt like that crazy in love feeling. And it was, even though it was just a dream, it was really cool. Cause it's like, I could access wow. that, you know? Cause I was like, Oh, I have that in me to feel that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it yeah. was, it was kind of made me excited. I'm like, Oh, I can't wait to feel that in real life. <laughs> Oh, for yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, gosh, it's so funny because people always say like, you'll know when you know when you know kind of thing. Yeah. But when you when you haven't experienced it, you're like, yeah, but <laughs> you know, but will you really? You know. Right. And I've, I've experienced <laughs> but, it in little ways, like you know, like little ways where I, I've been really crazy about somebody and like we're together for a short time, but I haven't right. had that. What I think what you're describing and what you have is like that that crazy over the top feeling where you're just so over the moon and then but it also is a real sustainable relationship you know where it's not just like this right. fleeting like kind of a lust thing it's, it's actually both you know um, well and I'll tell you like a vignette for me so <laughs> we like without getting too much into our like relationship essentially like we we were in a cat, like we met at the university Catholic center at the university of Texas at Austin. So you can imagine like all of our friends are Catholic. We all hang out with Catholics. Like we clearly can't be together. Right. And so it was very like behind closed doors. And, you know, I will say the first night when we actually kissed in my mind, I was thinking, Oh, okay. This is like, this is it. Like it's over now. Like she's going to hate me or like, it's, you know, like lightning is going to strike us or like, whatever. I don't know, you know, <laughs> like what's going to happen. Yeah. And And so I remember when we kissed, it was like at once the most pleasurable thing that I'd ever experienced. But I also realized if she didn't want it, I didn't want it. Which people who know anything about physical pleasure, it's hard to deny physical pleasure. Like, you know, and so the, I think for me, what was so amazing in that moment was understanding that like, oh, love, like love at its best is self-giving. It's not about self at all. And so in that moment, I I like experienced very fully 
the idea that like, I care so deeply for this person that no matter how amazing and like this feels to me, the thing that is actually paramount for me is how she feels. You know what I mean? That's love. Yeah. And, and of course, in that moment, I was extremely confused because I was like, God, WTF, like (laughs) if this is supposed to be wrong, like this is the most right thing I've ever felt. Mm. And I don't mean right in the sense that it's like, feels good. I mean, Mm -hmm. like this feels like right. Like when you just know something's good at its core. Yes. You know, (laughs) so I was just like, what is going on right now? Wow. And, anyway. and you all, that's so beautiful. Um, you, you both, I think I read this in your story too, that you've, you both created this charity together, right? Does that, that, was that mm-hmm. part of your story? Yeah. So we went to El Salvador. Um, this was when we were dating after college, uh, dating. I mean, we were like living together, right? <laughs> but, um, um, cause you know, we're already lesbians, so we might as well live in sin. <laughs> love it. Oh my God. So she had actually come back from, um, a mission year in LA after she graduated. So she didn't have a job. I had just lost my job and it was right at the time the economy was tanking. It was like 2008. And so anyway, so we decided to go, we're like, well, let's do long-term mission work. Like I've always wanted to go somewhere else. We can go somewhere Spanish speaking. And so we got sent to El Salvador very long story short. We had an amazing time. The people there are salt of the earth, beautiful, like we went to give of ourselves and I felt like we were given so much more. Um, and at the end of our time, it just felt wrong to be like, oh, okay, peace out. Like we're done. <laughs> um, and so Jody, my wife had a, had the idea to start a college scholarship fund for young women. Um, and we'd been teaching young women in an all girls school, um, run by nuns. And so, yeah, we didn't know what we were doing. We just started a college fund and started doing benefit concerts. And so 10 years later we have, four graduates, um, from private Catholic university in, uh, El Salvador. And now we have two new students and we have an internship program that pays them after they graduate. Um, that's pretty awesome. It's amazing. That's so, yeah. so cool. You do that. I love it. Yeah. And, um, I wanted to talk about your song that came out, Ayak, that came out yesterday. So congrats about that. Yeah, thanks. Um, it's such a great song. Can you tell us a little bit about it? And also, I'm curious to hear from, you know, what it feels like to be releasing a song like during the pandemic and how that's different from normal. Um, just because, you know, we have a lot of, I talk to a lot of musicians and, um, and yeah, I just want, I want, I want and people to understand what that, what the difference is and how it feels. Yeah. You know, I think for independent artists, for one, it's always just like a, there's not really a pathway, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I think it, especially right now, I mean, there's any way that people can record and release music now, you know, which is great. Like the tool, we have the tools, you know, they're much more affordable and that's great. Um, you know, but there's always a, uh, a hardship of kind of breaking through the noise, you right. know? Um, and, you know, so I don't know that that's a whole lot different. I think the difference is that we don't, it's just such a, it's such an odd time. Like people's attention right now is very different than it was pre pandemic. Like I think people knew, you know, it's like, if you have your routine, you're like, Oh, I listen to such and such a podcast on this day and I do this and that's what I do. Well, now I find that a lot of people are like actually 
maybe have more time, but they're not keeping up with the things they were keeping up with. Right. So they're like, Oh my God, I'm like five episodes behind on my podcast. Right. And so it's just, it's just weird. It's like, we're all online more, but in very different ways and very different times. And so I just feel like there's no rhyme or reason right now. It's just like, well, (laughs) anything goes like, so I think the cool thing was that, you know, we were able to get, you know, some good buzz going for, again, for me being an independent artist, it's like any, any buzz is good buzz, um, you know, and it's a song that I'm really excited about. And I do feel like this is always the case, but I, I definitely feel like when people are in stressful times, like they tend to go to the things that make them feel comfortable. Right. So like, you're going to listen to songs that make you happy or, or rem- songs that you know that you can sing along to. Right. And it's so the releasing new music in an environment like that is definitely difficult. Um, and at the same time, I feel like we've been in this pandemic experience long enough that it's also like, oh, okay, like I need yeah. some new shows. I need some new yeah. music. Like, okay. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you know? Totally. Like, so, I mean, honestly, I don't, don't really know like there is no path even in you know normal times and right now it's like well I feel like if I can release some something into the world that um you know especially can speak to people who are on the margins because that's the that's the something that is true all the time is that like you know people who are all on the margins who um you know don't have a seat at the table that's always their experience. Well, then you add a pandemic to it and who's at the bottom of the pile. Yeah, exactly. You know? And so this song is really meant to, um, you know, be a song for women. Um, and women, I kind of say with an, with an X, you know, like the idea that, um, you know, this can speak to the trans community, to LGBTQ, um, QIA people can speak to, you know, Latinas. I definitely want this to, to be a song that feels, empowering um and the idea that like we persist in times of trouble just like now right yes yes and the other thing i'm working on is that um i'm excited about a music video that i'm working on right now for this single um that's actually going to highlight and bring awareness to survivors of domestic abuse because Mm. it has so been on my heart that you know i have a wonderful and safe home to to quarantine in right now but so many people do not. And yes. I can't imagine what it's like for them right now when you're asked to stay home when home is not a safe place. Right, right. And so I'm really excited about the music video that we're putting together um, that'll actually involve dancers from around the world um, to speak to survivors of domestic abuse. So they don't feel so alone. Yeah. Well, and just to, and just to highlight survivors, you know, I think um, I heard this talk i don't know if you've been listening to brene brown's new podcast yes. uh, oh you, you did a song for it right yeah so um my fellow uh songwriter carrie rodriguez and i um happened to have connections to brene and she out of the blue sort of like invited us to write the song um the theme music for her and so we wrote five songs and she chose two and has one on the front end and one on the back end. And that's uh, so that was cool. pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Congrats. That's a, that's a big deal. That's really Thank awesome. Thank you. Oh my God. Yeah. That was like crazy. We had like a zoom call with her. I was like, Oh my God, I'm having a zoom call with Brene Brown. <laughs> she's, a, she's incredible. Yeah. 
Oh, she she really is, and she's such a like sweet person. You can um, feel that she's yeah. been really really cool. That's awesome. So, but anyway, so like her her actual podcast is also just such a great thing to be listening to, especially right now. And um, she was talking to Toronto Burke was her first interview, and which I felt like was also pretty pretty big. Uh, power move to be talking about things like white privilege yeah <laughs> unlike her first podcast um so but she talked about you know Tarana Burke was a founder of the Me Too movement and it was really cool to hear her speak about how how the Me Too movement is really about survivors you know yes. and how I think in a lot of ways the, what the Me Too movement became or what people like to make it into is the perpetrators you know, right. it's salacious and who did what and, oh, I got me too'd, you know? Right. And it's right. like, and, you know, she was, was so eloquent and just saying like, no, like this is, this is about this. It's always been about the survivors. Yes. You know? Yes. Yes. Um, and putting the power on And that. so yeah. that was really inspiring as I was thinking about, hey, yeah, this new song. And so anyway, Very so that good. definitely inspired kind of the vision for this music video. Oh, it's so great. I love it. Um, yeah. Thank you for, for sharing all that. I... Um, wanted to circle back to what you're talking about, just, you know, going through troubled times, which we're all collectively in right now. Um, is there, when you are going through a hard time, whether, you know, whether it is on a large scale or just, a, you know, having a bad day or whatever it may be, like, what do you normally pull on in your personal toolkit to help you move through it? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> I love asking it. It's, Everyone has different answers. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, it's so funny. So I got this, um, the Austin Chronicles, like, you know, one of the newspapers here in Austin, um, definitely more like entertainment focused. And anyway, they had reached out to me to kind of like do a check-in and it happened to be at the time when I had been doing, uh, I had been live streaming like 21 days in a row, like straight. And I was exhausted. I was literally like exhausted. I can and imagine. of course thinking to myself like, but, but I'm thinking to myself like, why are you exhausted? You're home. Like you're not flying on planes and doing all the things. And, and like you should, you quote, shouldn't be exhausted. Right. But my mind and my body and my spirit were just like, I can't. It got to the point where it was like 2 PM on one day and I was staring at my computer and I was like, I'm going to go lay on the couch. And I like passed out for like an hour and a half. Cause I was just like, I cannot do life. <laughs> And I think I was just like, I was in this mode where I was like, oh my God, we have all the time in the world. I have to be really productive. I have this album coming out. I've got this, you know, it's like, I was just like, like, like shitting all over myself. Right. And anyway, so then they reach out to me about this, this interview that was kind of like a check-in, right? Like, how are you doing? You know, what went down with the ship, you know, when all of this happened and I literally was like, yeah, so I pretty much like broke down, took a nap and found myself like talking to the moon. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> the good old moon. Oh I love God. it. <laughs> oh my God. It was hysterical. It was like the next morning I was like, I was like, babe, I talking to my wife. Of course we had had like a, you know, like a crying fight or whatever, you know? Yeah. And so the next and the next day I was like, well, babe, the moon told me. And she was like, oh, the moon told you. Let's hear what the moon told you. <laughs> I love that. No, I, I, I feel oh that so God. much. Uh, I, I think, anyway, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. Uh, I don't know. I think part of my answer to your question is that, like, I have yet to figure that out. You know, like, what is what are the places I go to for resilience? You know, the idea and also being aware of when I need something. Yeah. And then trying to figure out what that something is. You know, it's like... 
I think I do a lot of, um, I'm definitely like a death by comparison person, you know, so it's like, I'm the kind of person that's going to like in bad space, like go look on social media and be like, Oh, everybody's doing all these cool things and they're great. And and I'm not. And like, you know, and like definitely it's like making myself feel bad. You know what I mean? I think everybody does that, you know, I think that's so normal. (laughs) You know, but it's like, I think being at the point where you can step back from that and say, Gina, you're doing that thing. Mm-hmm. You're not in good space. How about you put the phone down? You know? <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah, sort of you intervening know. on yourself. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> or at least being aware. Yes, Just being aware yes. that you're doing it and being like, okay, well, now I'm actively choosing to do it or is, or, totally. I, or can stop myself as opposed to being like, oh, I'm oblivious Yes. Yes. to what I'm doing. That's a big difference. And I, you feel it, right? When you like, when you've been living a certain way where you're, yeah. you are oblivious and then you, you take note of it and that's all you can ask for. We're not going to change overnight, you know, and just yeah. like, that's what the way I look, I look at it at least is that, you know, um, I try to be kinder with myself when I have these, I kind of slip back into old habits, um, wh- whatever that is, you know, and just like, at least I'm recognizing it. Right. Right. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. I do think that, that we've been really good about doing daily workouts, which has been so good. And so I think, you know, like movement for me is definitely paramount. Um, I love the outdoors and we really, I don't, I don't prioritize it, but, um, you know, we've just been like working with the, like the sliding glass door open or like going on walks or, you know, just trying to like it's like, I just need some fresh air, totally. you know? And again, like when you're a musician, we're essentially small business owners. And so for me, like my work is never done, you know, it's, it's a, your business is a crying, screaming baby, like all the time. And so you have to just decide, like, I'm going, not going to work. Like it's never over. Yeah. It's not like, Oh, it's 5 PM. I'm going home and I'm not going to answer emails for work. It's like, no, it's always on, you know? And so I think it's, you know, just creating those boundaries is really helpful. And then also just knowing like, dude, I need a break. Like I'm human. I'm not a machine. That's right. I have to like, I'm just going to go cook with my wife for a couple hours or like, we're going to have a date night and open some wine and like binge on Netflix or like whatever it is. Yes. Yes. And let just allowing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And to, the, yeah. to that end, actually, I was going to ask you like, what other than music, what, like what else is something that you can get lost in? Let's see. Well, I definitely can get lost in like other parts of music, which is kind of like, you know, I know that that's maybe, maybe doesn't answer your question, but you know, for instance, like I'm not a drummer, but like I have a drum pad and I just, it's so fun to just like act like a drummer. <laughs> just, I love like, go that. Crazy. You know, which is kind of it for me, that's play is as opposed to like, Oh, I have to be productive. Right. Whereas like when I sit down with a guitar, a lot of times it's like, okay, I have to write a song, you know? And then I'm just like, I don't want to write a song, you know? Um, so sometimes it's not as fun for me to like use a tool that is part of my craft. You know what I mean? Um, I would say otherwise I, my wife and I love doing crosswords. Um, we're super into crosswords and at the moment we're trying to, justify the like $40 a year for the New York times crossword. <laughs> awesome. I'm like, I'm like, we, we, at this point we haven't done it yet. We're like, eh, it's just too much money. <laughs> that's, that's great. But all the other apps really suck. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
So let's see what else. Um, I love, I mean, I love travel. When Aww, that's me too. okay, yes, um, Can't wait. I actually really, I do like cycling too. I have a really nice bike and I used to cycle a lot. Um, but I think I just, I like the speed. It's like faster than walking, not as hard as running, but slower than driving. You know what I mean? So like you can, you can kind of get lost while being on a bike and like, it's not, you're not necessarily like working so hard that you can't just be in the moment. Yes. You know, like I love cycling, you know, it's, you can talk, you can, you can go by yourself. You can go with multiple people. Like, yeah, it's a cool, it's a cool sport. That's Um, a good one. You reminded me that I need to get my bike out here. I just moved to Portland. So I'm like, Ooh, (laughs) that's awesome. Um, what's one piece of art in in any form that has really, that has changed your life in some way? Mm. That's a good question. One piece of art has changed my life in some way. Mm. That was a tough one. It's a big question. I know. So it may maybe just like um it's an easier way to ask that. Like you know, I don't know I don't know if this really answers the question, but something that comes to mind for me. It seems kind of silly, but so I had heard all these great things about Paris, right? Because everybody talks amazing things about Paris. And so I'm a, I'm in college and I, you know, my mind, like I was like, yeah, Paris, I I feel like it's probably just going to be like a lot of expectations that are not met. You know what I mean? I was just like, it's going to, it's going to be like a big, dirty, ugly city. But of course I get the opportunity to go to Paris and I'm like, oh hell yeah, I'm going to Paris. (laughs) Right. So we're going to Paris and we were going to go, um, we, we just come out of the subway. We come out of the subway and we're, um, going on some kind of touristy thing and literally coming up out of the subway, I see the Eiffel tower and man, it was just one of those things is like, you've seen the Eiffel tower so many times that you're just like, Oh yeah, Eiffel tower, whatever. It's going to be like, no big deal. And I just remember coming up out of the subway and being like, like, I don't know. I can't even describe it. It's like, it's, it's it's incredible. incredible. Like, and especially because you have seen it so many times and then to be there in person and to like come up on the foot of that thing and it's huge. And then you climb it and you're just like, what an incredible work of like humanity. Right. Like, And, you know, and it's so unique. And so I don't know, that feels kind of cliche to talk about the Eiffel Tower, but I... No, I love that. And it just sparkles, it's so beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, see, and then, so like years later, so I remember thinking on that trip, um, and I was just there with like a a study abroad group, and I remember thinking, I totally get it. Like this is the... And at this point, I had not fallen in love yet, right? Or not fallen in love with with my my wife, Jodi. And so, so we're in, you know, I'm... I'm there. I've pre, I, this is before I've fallen in love. Don't know anything about being a lesbian. Like, like I'm just completely oblivious to myself. Right. Yeah. So anyway, so like we're in Paris and, and I've, again, I've never been a romantic person. I've was the kid who like, didn't understand love songs. This is before I've fallen in love and I'm walking around Paris being like, Oh, I get it. This is the city of love. Like I totally understand, you know, you see the like sunset over the Seine, you know, and you're just yes. like, Oh my God. And so I remember thinking like, as I'm walking around with a group of you know, friends and randos, I'm thinking, I can't wait to bring the person I fall in love with here. 
And so fast forward to um, our honeymoon, my wife and I end up going to uh, like six different countries in Europe. And so we do end up in Paris um, and spend three days there. And it was amazing to go like climb the Eiffel Tower with her and like, you know, see Notre Dame and especially before this was before the fire. Um, You know, it was just like such a beautiful thing to be able to have been there, experience, you know, wanting to take the my loved one there and, and then, then doing to it. Do it. Oh, yeah. that's so beautiful. Totally. I love that. Thank you for sharing. Uh, okay. So the last question before I just do, we do a quick round of favorite things. Um, sure. So what's an act of kindness that you've received that's felt transformative or just really had an impact on you? Man, I, I feel like my wife is just a constant act of kindness. Mm. Oh, that's so touching. <laughs> um, I just, I, I I don't even think it's just like one thing that I can point out just so she is, she sacrifices so much, um, and really is a true embodiment of what it means to love in action. And this is also being, you know, my wife, like this, it's hard to work. Like we work together. She's essentially been my manager, you know, almost since we started dating, like, and it's hard and we've had a lot of hard times. And so the fact that she, you know, for instance, like doing these live streams, it's been really cute. Um, we've been messing around with software that allows you to do like multiple camera angles or like we've got some lighting and you can like manually change them. And so literally like she's back there doing everything. So I'm standing in front of the camera, like putting on the show, but she's like, she's doing lighting and she's like switching camera angles and she's commenting on, you know, people's stuff and like posting links and, you know, and then like at some point she's wearing a panda mask and like dancing around, (laughs) you know, like she's doing all of these things. And I think it's, you know, especially for somebody like me who feeds off a live audience, like it's really hard to do live streams because there is no audience, Yeah, you know, like live with me. And so I was like, babe, you have to be the energy. (laughs) You have to be the audience. You know, and we had so much fun last night and, you know, and this is after a lot of really not great things that we've been through and hardships and like that to me is the ultimate act of kindness and the ultimate, you know, meaning of love is it's like when you don't feel like it, that you're still going to find within you the way, a way to love this person. Um, and then when you're totally feeling like it, like it's even better, you know what I mean? So yeah, I just, my wife is, a, is a beautiful act of kindness. That's, that's so lovely. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So I'll just ask you a couple favorite things. Um, and then oh. we'll let you go get back to live streaming. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so how about, um, can you tell me one of your favorite books? Favorite books, bless me Ultima. Who's that by? Oh gosh, don't ask me that oh, question. Oh, sorry. Wait, wait. I'll Google it. Hold on. I like read this as, as I was a ki- I was like a kid, but I loved that book. Oh, here it is. Okay, novel by Rolfo Anaya. There you go. I've been think I keep like every every other year. I think I need to refine that book because I know I have it somewhere, and I want to read it. I love that. I loved that book. Oh, that's so good. Um, how about this is always hard to ask a musician, but how about a favorite album or song? Calle 13, Latino America. Awesome. Actually, I don't think that's, that's not actually what their album is called, though. Calle 13. I'll have to look up what Latino America. That song is amazing, but I don't think that's what their album's called. 
I think it's called Entren Los Que Quieran. Awesome. Yeah, that's an incredible album. Okay, can't wait to go listen. Um, a favorite place? Oh, there's so many. I was just trying to, I was like, what's the first one that comes to mind? <laughs> <laughs> totally, yeah. Um, for some reason, Oita, Japan, is coming to mind. Oh, I'm so jealous. I want to go to Japan so badly. That's so cool. They have a, and they have amazing hot baths there. Oh, oh what 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 is it about the the place that 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 you love so much? Uh, so I've actually been to Oita twice, and I think that was the first experience that I had being somewhere else in the world and feeling at home in a place where you don't speak the language and you don't like you know. And so it's like I was seeing people that I had met the year before. And going to places that I recognized and feeling very welcomed. And I was like, wow, I'm literally around the world and I feel like at home here. And that's, I don't know, it's a beautiful thing. That's what Pico yeah. Ayer calls um, secret homes. Mm-hmm. I love that. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and lastly, can you tell me a favorite memory? So my parents, when I was like five, so I didn't grow up speaking you know, Spanish, but I did grow up with a love of travel and my parents um, really instilled in me, you know, the love of travel and also, you know, respecting and, and really finding the beauty in other, other cultures. Um, they had traveled the, uh, Europe in the seventies in a VW bus for a year and a half. And so I grew up on stories of them doing that before they had kids. Right. Um, but they were like total hippies and like a VW bus driving around Europe in the seventies. Amazing. <laughs> so I grew up on all these stories. So when I was like five, we had our own VW bus travel adventures in the States. And I remember having like this little keyboard that had little cartridges that you would put inside in the side of the keyboard and they would play songs like Oh Susanna. And then it would light up the keys and you could play along. Right. And you could also plug in a microphone. And so uh-huh. I would sit in the back of our VW bus um, with my older brother and I would like sing songs into my little microphone. <laughs> I love that. That's such a good one. Uh, oh, I love it. So cool. A little foreshadowing. <laughs> yes. Awesome. I know. Well, thank you so, so much for making the time. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm just, I'm super excited to, to catch some of your live, live stream content soon. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much. And I hope we get to meet in person. Me someday. too. I know. Hopefully in August <laughs> in Austin. Fingers crossed. Yes. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Okay. Indeed. Adios. Gracias. All right. Adios. Ciao. Ciao, ciao. Musings of the Artist is audio produced by Aaron Mooring. And the theme music is by Ilan Isakoff. <laughs>